0: And overall, it's really just about how can you serve those people at a high level? Because if you're able to serve them and help them, then by the end of the event, they're more willing to go further faster with you than to try to squander and do it alone.
1: You're listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. You may have subscribed to us before as the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Don't worry, all we've done is change the name. Everything else you loved about the show is still here. So let's jump into the episode. Welcome again to the Authority Builder Podcast welcome to the authority builder podcast i'm your host steve gordon and we got a fantastic interview for you today Uh, today we're going to be talking all about how to use virtual events to land clients My guest today is Steven Pemberton, and in 2020, Steven left the corporate world to pursue his calling. He and his wife built two seven-figure e-commerce businesses, which led them to coaching others who were in that business. And today, they used all the skills they learned in both of their businesses to run a done-for-you virtual events company called HoloCo, Um, and they really are specialists at working with consultants, coaches, thought leaders, PR agencies, marketers, and authors, and helping them craft virtual events and use those events to really drive qualified leads, qualified traffic, and help them land clients. And uh, and so I think this is gonna be a great topic today. It's a, a great way to position yourself and give people a reason to sort of raise a hand. So I'm excited to dive into it. Stephen, welcome to the Authority Builder Podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Steve. I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited to get into it. And yeah, I'm just so thankful to be here with you today.
1: Well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it should be great. So give everybody a little bit of background about you and how you got to, to this stage of your career.
0: So that is a great question. And we will take the the shorter path around the mountain as <laughs> the, prefer, the proverbial mountain, as I like to call it. And as you stated earlier, is in May of 2020, I actually started having anxiety attacks for the first time in my life. Part of my backstory is uh, when I entered corporate America, that was right as I had lost everything. There was a point in time I went bankrupt. So I had a kid very young, all those things. And it never once generated any kind of anxiety along the lines that I was experiencing in May of 2020. So as I'm experiencing all this, I did not get the support that I needed from the higher ups. They just said, oh, you'll be fine. Push through it. Because I was in, I was in management. I was in upper management. And I, I guess I was very needed. In that space so they didn't need me to take any time off and in june of 2020 that's when i decided there has to be something more for me there has to be a higher calling than just working this job that i hate and never seeing my family so i actually exited the corporate world in june of 2020 and i entered fully into the business with my wife my wife had actually already started a business the year prior which was on amazon so we were already in the e-commerce space in that space, we were able to make a million dollars in 2019, which was amazing in top line sales, but it was not amazing in actual bring home and actual profit. That was about 10% margins, which we also had a partner, so you split that two ways. I was making uh, making more working in corporate than the business, and the business was with six employees and 19,000 transactions. So weighing that out and actually looking at my skill sets, I thought, okay, great. I'm going to come home. I'm in the supply chain. I understand how to build teams. I understand how to build systems. So that's where my specialty will come in. And so in that space from leaving in June of 2020 until August of 2020, that's what I was doing. And then in August, Amazon decided, hey, we don't like that supplier you're using. So they shut us down. And for those of you who don't know with Amazon, when they shut you down, they shut you down and hold your money forever and ever and ever which you, know, you would think and expect that if they shut you down for whatever reason and they're holding your money, it would just be until the return window closes. Once the return window closes, you would expect to get the money back, but that's not how Amazon works. They hold it forever until you can basically hire a their version of a legal team to come in and fight on your behalf to get it back. So that's what we did. We hired this team, but we also didn't have the finances to wait and we pivoted a couple months later into about a month or so later into Facebook, Instagram, Shopify, which was a blessing, especially when you've got a garage full of inventory. So when we pivoted over into that space, we were able to take it in the first month, make enough to pay the bills. by the end of 2020, we were able to help 33 underprivileged kids have Christmas within six months. We were making hundred thousand dollars a month, more than I ever made working in corporate. And then by the end of 2021, it turned into a million dollar business with much better profit margins. And we were able to help 137 underprivileged kids have Christmas through either raising or donating about forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. And we went and found the kids in the school system out in the backwoods of Tennessee. We bought all the presents. We wrapped all the presents. We delivered all the presents. We got to be Santa and his little elves. And it was incredible. And then about this time in 2022, so March of 2022, we decided to make the hard pivot over into done for you virtual events. And the reasoning behind that is we actually had done some for ourselves. We had done multiple for ourselves. We had a mastermind for ourselves. We had done challenges in in the past. We had done webinars, different things, but we loved the fulfillment piece of helping other people. And just the, the being so astounded that people were interested to hear us talk for multiple days and actually being interested in what we had to sell on the back end. That's what really helped us shift over into that space. And ever since being able to work with clients that, like you said, coaches, consultants, authors, PR agencies, digital course creators, people that are already helping people just help more people. And so the business from a practical side, margins are great, but at the same time, the fulfillment side is what really matters because I didn't quite have that fulfillment piece selling throw pillow covers and couches, couch covers and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit different when it's just a product that has to get shipped out the door, then you, know, you actually have to work with someone and integrate into their business and, and kind of get them to, to play with you in, in the sandbox, um, which is true anytime you're doing consulting. So, um, so why, why virtual events? Like of all of the things that you would pivot to, I know you'd, you'd done some and they'd worked, but what is it about virtual events that you think, you know, works so well for people who are selling high ticket services?
0: So I think that to, to boil it down to basically human psychology is just the amount of attention to detail that, especially when we work with clients, that we want them to show to their potential clients. And with, it's basically, if you've ever heard is it, no like, and trust. And that makes total sense. Like you got to know somebody, you got to like somebody before you're going to trust somebody. But on a, a higher scale is it's also when we are sitting there working with a client, they we, we construct their content in a way where they're pouring into these people. Uh, there's been times in the past I've seen virtual events where it's m- so high level with the, the concepts of their Talking about that, it sounds great. Okay, Jimmy over here made ten billion dollars running a a single page webinar. and he and okay, it's great that that Jimmy did that, but how does that apply to me when I'm just starting my business? And that's been the the side that I've loved to see. And again, it did. It started with us, where with our content is with our first event, we it wasn't real good. <laughs> it wasn't very good. But at the same time, people enjoyed the authenticity. It's like, well, well, completely forgot that we were supposed to be showing a presentation right there. And just the fact that they got to see it, because especially in today's day and age, the reason why virtual events work is because of the authenticity. And I think when it goes from being authentic to basically being and being a movie, that's where the authenticity gets missed. But the same even with this podcast is I'm responding directly to you. I'm responding directly to your question. So with these live events that we're putting on, these live virtual events, is the, uh, the speaker is able to say, hey, hey, Steve, I see you in the comments. Thank you so much for joining us for day two. I hope you had an amazing time with day one. Or if it's like, hey, Steve's still here after four hours of this event. I hope you got something to eat, but I'm able to interact, right? Mm-hmm. And that builds that know, like, and trust. And that's what we've seen have such a higher conversion rate on the back end because not only do you know of me, because of being in the room, but now you like me a little bit because you've spent time with me, but you also will trust me because I'm actually talking directly to you. Mm-hmm. I'm actually calling out other people in the room. I'm, I actually have some people that are working with you in the background. It's a, in whole, it's a holistic view on how to speak to somebody instead of just saying, hey, thanks for joining my event. Now you've watched a video and that had nothing to do with you, and the, here's the price of $10,000 to join my mastermind. It's like, but you didn't explain how that correlates to me. And that's right. that's where it's very important how we position it to speak to the individuals.
1: Yeah, I I, I think events are tremendous. Um, you know, as we've thought about the different phases of marketing and where events plug in, they, they work really well on the front end as a lead generator, but sometimes it's hard to get people at that stage, to sort of jump into your world, but it, you know they, they can work there. But I think where they are absolutely amazing is as the thing that's going to convert someone from that. You know, they've been on your list, they've been in your world, and now we need to get them into a, a sales process so that they can get the help that they need. And using the event, I, I just always thought because it happens on the calendar. It's at a specific day and time. It's just got this great quality of sort of forcing the decision. Right? You're either in or you're out. You're going to be there or you're not. And you quickly realize who on your you know in your database is ready or more ready now than not, because those are the people that show up to your events. And um, and so I, yeah, I think they're hugely powerful. For uh, conversion, because you do get that connection, you get sort of a deeper interaction with people. It's one of the reasons we we run a you know a, a five day event uh, throughout you know periodically throughout the year where people can go and register and they get you know five days of of interaction with us, and it just it, it works phenomenally well. So, what are, what are some of the keys for somebody who's thinking about doing an event? Like if if they're thinking about it, there's lots of different kinds of events, right? Maybe, maybe that's where we want to start. What are the different types of events that people should be thinking about?
0: So there's the ones that most people have always heard about, which is a webinar. Those typically aren't live. Those are typically pre-recorded. So you have that. And the, in, with the pros of it, the pros of it is it's more evergreen. That's something that you can record one-off. You can put it on a, a VSL, which is a video sales letter. You can put it on a video sales letter page and push people to it. And hopefully they watch the whole presentation and hopefully they buy on the back end. That's kind of low. That's in my opinion, that's the lowest form of event because you're not really going to, you're not building that know, like, and trust. You're not actually getting quality people there. You're just kind of pushing as many people as possible to it and just hoping that somebody buys it. And so that's the lowest form. Now, the n- next one that I've seen that a lot of people do is they'll do these conferences. So I'm actually going to be a part or they'll call it a summit and I'm actually a part of one coming up at the end of this week. And those are great, but typically you're going to have, I don't know, 50, there's one person who they have 50 speakers. So yes, you're going to be able to build authority. But if I only spend 30 minutes with you or if I only spend an an hour with you and I've got 49 other people, it's going to be much harder to get your voice heard. And that's another one of those areas like even when you sit there and you look at conferences, live conferences, is if you have five day event, five day conference and you have multiple different speakers, there's a tendency to only show up for certain speakers. So I've seen that with not only myself, but with other people that I've interacted with where they will say, "Okay, so today is marketing. This is this is where this guy is going to be. This is what day they're showing up. So I'm only going to that, even though you paid for the whole event. And so that's where I that one typically a if you already have the authority pieces, if you already have a following, if you already have have different things in place, that one is great because you're just going to get in front of more people and you're going to bolster the the rest of the entire conference because people know you. And but if you're not known, you can leverage it. To be able, if everyone else is more known than you, to be able to get more, get in front of more people, but at the same time, as you're just hoping that they show up. So that's the the same kind of piece right there as well. So you also have challenges. Well, I like to like that's what I, I know them as. That's what is one of those things that we got exposed to it. A couple of years ago. And in the challenge space, that's something where whenever I say the word challenge, most people think about their operational challenges in business, or they think about how their kids are challenging or how their day was challenging. But a challenge in the marketing space, and especially in the, in the virtual event spaces, typically it's a three to five day event. Sometimes I've seen people do them for 30 plus, sometimes it'll be seven. But for us, we love the three to five days. We think that's kind of the sweet spot. But that is where it's Usually one speaker, maybe a couple, but it's more to build the authority of one person. That's where, let's say it's me. So Steven has a event going on. It's five days to better hair events, like five days of better hair is that each day I would be on there explaining how you would get better hair. I don't know why I decided to make that up. (laughs) That is a terrible example. (laughs) I think you should should
1: have the challenge about challenges. The
0: challenge about challenges. Yes. How to, how to challenge yourself with challenges. But yes. And with each one of those days, you're just building the no lock and trust each day, you're moving them down the road. You're the hero and the guide of the story. So you're saying, Hey, this is how I found the thing. This is how this thing has worked for me. Let me show you how to, this thing can work for you. And then by the end of the event, that's when you're doing your offer drop on the back end. after you've built the no lock and trust, And even going back to where I was talking about with the virtual or with like a conference or a summit is if you are allowed to, because most of them will not allow you to sell from the stage. Most people don't realize that. But even if you are, you only have an hour. So it's almost the same as a webinar. So you have an hour to build the no like, and trust, and then you're doing your offer drop right then with a, with the challenge models, you're building it up until the end. And yes, there's things on the front end that you can do where you can do upsells, downsells to mitigate your paid marketing on the front end. Cool. All of it should serve the people coming in. Everything that you are upselling them or downselling them to should help them actually move through this event. If it's not, then it's not gonna be cohesive. People are gonna feel taken advantage of, especially once they feel like, well, I gave you my money on the front end. Why are you asking me to give you a bigger sum of money on the back end? And overall, it's really just about how can you serve those people at a high level? Because if you're able to serve them and help them, then by the end of the event, they're more willing to go further faster with you than to try to squander and do it alone. But if they decide, or if they are in real palpable need, where it's like, hey, I just invested everything I got into writing a book or to into real estate. I don't have it right now, but you gave me real steps. I'm able to apply to my business Then once they actually go and get the money, they're going to remember that you did it. And maybe they won't come directly. Maybe they won't come back to you, but the referrals that'll come out of it is where the power is, is they're going to say, Hey, I remember when this guy helped me, let's just go back into his event. But that's where I love that model is because you're building that no like and trust and you're just giving a lot of value.
1: Yeah. We we've seen that with our five day. We don't, call it a challenge. As, as you and I joked at the beginning, I don't, I don't like to give people challenges, you know? So, but it, it's really, the idea is that over the course of the five days, you're able to go a little bit deeper than maybe just in a one-hour presentation or a webinar and, and actually give them things to do so that they're making progress on something, you know, before the end of the week. Um, and so, with ours, it's all around writing a book. And so, We'll take them through some exercises that I mean, in a in a week, we it's it's tough to get them into actually writing the book, but we basically give them a lot of the thinking that they need leading up to that, right? Which tees them up. So whether they work with us or whether they work with somebody else or do it on their own, they're in a really good place to go start that book project. And they've also been, you know, with me in a session for five hours now, you know, across five days, which means I've gotten to communicate a lot, they get they get to experience what, what it's like to work with me. I think these are all of the reasons why it's worth doing something along these lines. And I think each of the presentation formats, each of the event formats has its place. But I think a lot of people probably overlook this idea of doing a five-day something. Call it a challenge, we call ours an accelerator, call it whatever you want but some five day experience that allows people to sort of test drive what it would be like to work with you. You know, I, I, there's a lot of power in that.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that's the, that's the same frame of mind that we go into those five day events because i want I love how you put that. That was beautiful. How you put that because it is they're getting to experience. Who are you? And there's been times in the past that I've worked with clients that I've had to be able to shift their content because a lot of it was just bolstering themselves and okay great that it worked for you and that's great that it's still working for you but it's not how is that success that you're garnering how is that actually helping them Mm -hmm. and to be able to construct it in the in that same sense as you said where okay i can see how i've been working with you for the last five days how you would interact with me if i gave you my money on the back end and Mm -hmm. the the power behind that another model that i thought of as well that I had left out was basically a masterclass. So it's one or a workshop, people call it a workshop, but those are also, you could do those live and being able to build it in one day. Now, again, when you sit there and you look at those, most of the time, those are gonna run longer than an hour. Sometimes those are, uh, a gentleman I just spoke to, he wants to do a half a day event. And then he wants to do longer two day events where it's gonna be multiple hours, eight plus hours for two days. Those are really good if you have the community. Because if you don't, you got to try to figure out how you're going to keep these people who don't know you. How you're going to keep their attention span for four right. hours? That's a long time. Yeah. So if they don't, if they're not already bought in, there unless you can get them to really hook in in the first hour to say, you know what, I'm willing to give another three hours, or you know what, I'm willing to give another two days, you're going to have difficulties and show up right. So the the five day event, as we were talking about a minute ago. That's kind of the sweet spot because you're the the amount of time you're spending per day is a good amount of time for people to stay engaged. And it's a good amount of time days wise for them to say, hey, I love working with this guy. I love his personality. I love what they're what they're talking about. I love that. I actually have real things I've been implementing over the last few days that are helping me. So I feel comfortable if I want to move forward, moving forward with them.
1: Yeah, I, and I think that's really the key. You said it right there. They're, they're things that they've been implementing. It doesn't have to be everything that you would do for them, you know, but even just little clarity exercises sometimes are total breakthrough for the, the people who are attending because you've, looked, you, you've figured out a way of thinking about a problem that, that they have that they've never thought about before. And just by giving them that clarity, sometimes it's just like this light bulb moment. And now that just so accelerates the trust factor, you know, and, and uh, I keep, t- I always tell our team, it's like, you know, that, that five day event for us, is, it's like the sample that they give out at the deli. You know, you go to the deli and they, whatever's on sale that week, you know, the cheese of the week, they're gonna give you a sample of, yep. cause that's how they sell it, right? Cause if you taste it, you go, yeah, I want that. And it's, I think it's the same idea um, now. Conceptually, these things are great, but I know and you know that they are difficult sometimes to pull off, both from the technology side, because there's a lot of moving parts, getting people into them, understanding what you should put into it so that it actually does convert on the back end, because you can't just get up there and, and just sort of wing it. It doesn't usually work very well. So, what are some of the things that, as you're planning these out for people, what are the key things that you're trying to get your clients to, to think about and to do to make the event successful?
0: So number one, first and foremost, this is the biggest one is who are you speaking to? So the same thing when it comes to books and you understand this when it comes to books is you can't write a book, you can't write a cookbook and expect it to reach the CEO. It's not gonna, going to achieve what you want it to achieve. So there's a, a great example I'll use a real life example was there was a, a gentleman who, when we were working with him, he wanted to do e-commerce and be able to speak to certain people in e-commerce. And they'll say, okay, great. Who are they? And he wanted to speak to women 55 and up. And I asked him where, and he said, I believe he said out West. So it was like LA, he wanted to speak to him kind of in that, that area. And I said, okay, so where's, you already have an established product. Where is the majority of your people with that product? And they were men in the South that were typically 25 to 36. And I, I went, okay, so don't you think that this would be the best place to actually do your event, to actually build what, what you're looking to build here? And he said, no, I wanna do this. I said, that's fine. So we ran his paid marketing campaign and guess what the data said? The people that were interested were men, 23 to 36 in the South of America. And he went, wow, I'm blown away. Cause that's exactly my customer base. It's like, but it's those clarity moments, like you said, (laughs) where it's, if you want to avoid that, if you want to avoid the ad spend is really think, who are you trying to speak to? There's another client that we have that he, is looking at doing this, this automation program with where in the back end is basically he's helping them be able to hire the right VAs or virtual assistants. So I asked him a real question is who, who are you speaking to with this? And most of his experience is in e-commerce. He is looking at at targeting coaches, consultants, uh, really coaches and consultants. Makes sense. There's a big need there. But do you have the right languaging? So that's where you get into the second step of it is if you're going to speak to them, what are you speaking to them on? Uh-huh. So with those two pieces is like, especially with speaking to them, like what are you speaking to them on is then you're looking at the title because title is typically the first thing they're going to see. Same thing with a book. If your title is not catchy and if your title does not grab somebody, they're not going to even look at the back of the book to see if they're interested. That's even how it works with the, the front end ad spend. When it works with the copy on a, on a ad is most people are, you're going to get them with the first few words and with the picture. If those things do not come across and speak to the person that you're looking to speak to, then you're gonna miss. And so the, again, the very first one is the biggest one, like spend a lot of time there. Who am I really speaking to before you do anything else? That's where we spend a lot of time with our client is typically from the from the time that we start, the first couple of weeks is us really dialing that in because we wanna make sure that once we start running the, start building out the, the campaigns, that is going to speak to the right people, and that they're going to feel heard. They're going to feel like you understand their problems. They're going to feel as if you can actually help them. So, knowing who you're speaking to is by far the biggest piece.
1: Yeah, I got to imagine that. That's I mean, if you don't get that right up front, the whole af, everything after that is just not going to work very well. Let's talk a little bit about messaging because there, you know, there are a lot of people out there using events, whether it's challenge or summit or. You know, a webinar or a masterclass. What are you seeing in terms of using language that that actually is going to get people to want to register? Is there a, a particular key that you you see among all of your successful clients?
0: So, I think that the biggest thing is is going back to what I said a few minutes ago is speaking directly to that person. So, a great example is a, a client that we had that to be honest, was so far outside the norm, I had no idea how it was going to go because she has a doctorate in education Mm -hmm. and she wanted to help first through third grade teachers have better classroom behavior. And I thought that is really far outside of what I typically do, but let's give it a shot. And what was so beautiful to see was we had so many people sign up and actually engage because the the languaging that caught them was, are you a first through third year teacher who struggles with the the kid on the desk that struggles with people throwing airplanes in the classroom? I, I forget the exact languaging, but it spoke directly to them. And it was in a way where I didn't I was like, ah, that does not really speak to me, which was perfect. Because if it speaks to everyone, then you're really missing who you're trying to speak to. Hers was so niched in on exactly the problems they had, exactly who they are, where they are, the fact that they felt that they didn't have enough budget to help the kids, all of these different aspects. I saw that conversion rate of people joining in and actually staying and being interested and engaging. I mean, that one was, was one of the highest ones. Because the the way that we constructed it, what, and especially working with her because she's a doctor in education, she knew exactly their problems. And the more honed in that you can get messaging-wise on the issues that they're experiencing and how this event is going to help mitigate those issues, that is where you're going to get the highest amount of signups.
1: Yeah, I think that that makes complete sense. And I think it's overlooked by a lot of people, you know, so... I'll talk to somebody who maybe has tried a webinar and it didn't work, you know, where they tried putting on a summit and they didn't get great results. And when I start asking them questions, it's almost always a disconnect between what the topic of that presentation was and what their market is actually really rabidly interested in at the moment. And it's so easy, I think, to make that mistake because we get caught up like in our own world sometimes, you know. Like I know what I do, but how does that affect the person that I'm trying to help? Um, and and sort of translating it for them so it's in their their language. To me is a game changer. Um, and so yeah, it's funny when when you have clients like that that sometimes are aren't business you know directly related. Sometimes they know better than. Than any of your business clients exactly how to talk to their market because they're all the time thinking about that person rather than thinking about this is the business we're building and and, and all that kind of thing so um, yeah I think that's fantastic so Stephen I know that um, that you guys are helping people put these together um, which is I got to tell you I, I wish I'd known you about eight months ago because we put put our five day together and uh, it it was the probably the hardest project we've had in the business in 13 years. But for, for people who are thinking about doing this and want to get some help, how can they find you? How can they reach you?
0: So you can reach out to us and find us at holoco.com. You can reach out and find me on Facebook, Steven Pemberton right there on Facebook or Stephen K Pemberton on Instagram. Those are some of the best ways. Just look for the guy who kind of looks like Jason Momoa or Aquaman with <laughs> the name Steven Pemberton. That's most likely me. If it's not, please screenshot it and then do go and find me because I'm very interested at in who else has the same name and looks like me. But yes, those are some of the best ways. And also with that being said is if you reach out to me, that is me. You're not getting my top sales guy or a VA. I make myself available to be able to answer any questions, to be able to, like I said earlier, add value. So if I'm able to assist you get that next step to move forward, by all means, reach out.
1: That's awesome. Hey, well, thanks for investing some time with me today. This has been really good. And for those of you listening, if you don't have a strategy around events, it's something you wanna be thinking about. Uh, They are excellent ways to convert all of the people on your list into hot sales opportunities. So uh, be thinking about that for 2023. Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the million dollar book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, work with me and my team to get your book done and bringing in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.